the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I'm not breaking my covenant with you. When I took you as my wife in the desert in Sinai, I'm not breaking that covenant. In fact, I'm going to establish a new covenant with you, an everlasting covenant with you. This is looking ahead to the new covenant. And when he does that, this new covenant that he's going to establish through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, then you will remember your ways and be ashamed. Have you ever done something in anger to get back at someone, only to find out later that they hadn't wronged you in the first place? It can bring an intense feeling of shame over your immature response. Whether it's out of bitterness towards God or simply out of a desire to fulfill your selfish nature, we rightly feel ashamed when we realize the way our sin hurts God. As Pastor Dan will remind us in today's message, all God has done is love and provide for us, yet so often we break His heart for our selfish desires. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 16 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God says you offered yourself to everyone who passed by. And he uses very, very graphic language here. Again, he does this to, to jolt the listener, the language that he uses. And he says here, you know, what he, what he made beautiful, the city of Jerusalem, uh, they made abhorrent by their sin. They ruined it. Behold, therefore, I stretched out my hand against you, diminished your allotment, and gave you up to the will of those who hate you, the daughters of the Philistines who were ashamed of your lewd behavior. The Philistines were ashamed of their behavior. The Philistines. They, they were grossed out by what they were doing in Jerusalem. <laughs> Verse 28, You also played the harlot with the Assyrians because you were insatiable. Indeed, you played the harlot with them and still you were not satisfied. Moreover, you multiplied your acts of harlotry as far as the land of the traitor Chaldea, the Babylonians. And even then, you were not satisfied. How degenerate is your heart, says the Lord God. Seeing you do all these things, the deeds of a brazen harlot. If you, if you go back up here, God says in verse 27 that God began to act against Israel, the nation, because of their sin. That's what he means when he says, I stretched out my hand against you. There, there's a point in their history where God is gracious and God is long-suffering and he waits for them to repent and they refuse to repent 
and there reaches a point in the in the nation of the history in the in the history of the nation morally where where God finally begins to act against the nation his hand is against them where before his hand of blessing was upon that nation now his hand has turned and his hand is against them he says here look at verse 27 he says i have diminished your allotment what God did is in, in, in putting his hand against them, he began to remove the territory that he gave to them and he began to give their land to enemy countries. He diminished them as a nation. This is what God does. God judges nations morally. And there is a point where God, because that nation refuses to repent and turn back to him and turn away from their wicked ways, there is a point where God just begins to slowly diminish that nation and diminish that nation's power, diminish that nation's success, diminish that nation's wealth. In this case, diminish that nation's territory. He just weakens the nation. I mean, you, you think about how great the nation, the kingdom of Israel was under David and Solomon. And now it's... It's in ruins and it's on the verge of judgment and destruction. He's diminished them down to nothing. And again, there's a warning in this for us. Our sin diminishes God's blessing in our lives. If we continue on in sin and we don't repent and we don't turn from our sins, we don't confess our sins to God, we don't walk in the light, we just allow those sins to continue in our lives, God begins to diminish the blessing. We, we lose the things. We start to lose the things that God has given to us to bless us. They just diminish. Or things aren't what they used to be. The blessing's not there the way that it used to be. And, and in Israel, in Judah, as God diminished them, it was, it was over a long period of time. It was kind of this slow erosion that was happening in the nation. And the nation, and this is the crazy thing to me, and yet it's not so crazy when you look at the world we're in today, that things could just progress along this road where things are diminishing and diminishing and diminishing, and the nation never repented. They just allowed it all to disappear. All the great things, all the blessing, all the abundance, all the goodness, all the riches, all of it, it just it diminishes over time to the point that it just disappears. And they never repented. There, there was never a point where the nation turned back to God and said, we're, we're, this is costing us too much. We're losing all the things that have made us great. We're losing all the blessing. And we need to turn back to God. It never happened. Verse 31, he says, You erected your shrine at the head of every road and built your high place in every street Yet you were not like a harlot because you scorned payment. You are an adulterous wife who takes strangers instead of her husband. Men make payment to all harlots, but you made your payments to all of your lovers and hired them to come to you from all around for your harlotry. You are the opposite of other women and your harlotry because no one solicited you to be a harlot and that you gave payment, but no payment was given to you 
Therefore, you are the opposite. I mean, he just can't believe it. You know, normally, you know, a harlot or a prostitute receives payment. Israel was the opposite. She was paying other people so that she could commit harlotry with them. And again, for us, the lesson here is that the lesson is sin is costly. Sin takes from us. It doesn't give to us. It takes. You know, sin is, is uh, deceiving. And we can be, de- be deceived by our sin into thinking that we're benefiting from our sin, that our sin is, is good for us, but really sin only takes. And it gives nothing in return but heartache and shame and regret and guilt and brokenness and a broken relationship with God. That Jesus Christ thankfully died on the cross to restore and repair that broken relationship. But it, it, you know, it, the Bible talks about how our sin, how it can twist our thinking. Where it, 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 the word is, it perverts our thinking. It, it twists. We're here. Israel is playing the harlot, but she's paying other people for her harlotry. It's just so twisted. And she doesn't even realize. She's blinded by her sin. And, and again, you know, sin can twist our thinking where we, we lose perception and we're blinded by our sin. Where someone else can look on and say, what are you doing? And that's just nuts. Why are you, why are you doing that? Like, don't you see how crazy that is? And we don't see it. Because we're just blinded by it. Now, he goes on in verse 35. Now then, O harlot, he's speaking to his wife here, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, because your filthiness was poured out and your nakedness uncovered in your harlotry with your lovers, with all your abominable idols, And because of the blood of your children, which you gave to them, surely, therefore, I will gather all your lovers with whom you took pleasure, all those you loved and all those you hated. I will gather them from all around against you and will uncover your nakedness to them that they may see all your nakedness. And I will judge you as a woman, as women who break wedlock, or shed blood are judged. I will bring blood upon you and fury and jealousy. Verse 39, I will also give you into their hand and they shall throw down your shrines and break down your high places. They shall also strip you of your clothes, take your beautiful jewelry and leave you naked and bare, just like God found her. He's going to take it all away. It's going to cost her everything. Her sin costs her everything. And they shall also bring up an assembly against you, and they shall stone you with stones and thrust you through with the swords. They shall burn your houses with fire and execute judgments on you in the sight of many women. And I will make you cease playing the harlot, and you shall no longer hire lovers. So I will lay to rest, God says, my fury toward you. And my jealousy shall depart from you. I will be quiet and be angry no more. You're listening to Ring of Truth, 
with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. So God says he's, he's, he's going to bring all these nations against them to destroy Jerusalem. The, the penalty in the law for adultery was death. So God's going to bring death or destruction upon Jerusalem. Again, in verse uh, 42, he says, After I do that, once I bring destruction and judgment, I will lay to rest my fury toward you and my jealousy shall depart from you. I will be quiet and be angry no more because you did not remember the days of your youth, but agitated me with all these things. Surely I will also recompense. I'll repay you your deeds on your own head, says the Lord God, and you shall not commit lewdness in addition to all your abominations. He says here that this this is going to satisfy God's anger and satisfy God's wrath, this judgment of Jerusalem for their sin. Now, the word for that is propitiation. Propitiation. In the New Testament, we're told that Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins. What does that mean? It means that the death of Jesus Christ on the cross in our place as our substitute satisfied the anger of God against our sin. It means that His fury, God's fury against us, was laid laid to rest by the cross of Jesus Christ. So, So now God is not angry with us because of our sin. That was satisfied on the cross by Jesus Christ. For God here, what's going to satisfy His anger is bringing this judgment upon Jerusalem for their harlotry. So now verse 44, and we're... We're almost finished. We'll move through this last part kind of quickly. Verse 44. Indeed, everyone who quotes Proverbs will use this proverb against you like mother, like daughter. Or we say like father, like son, right? You are your mother's daughter, loathing husband and children, and you are the sister of your sisters who loathed their husbands and children. Your mother was a Hittite and your father an Amorite. If you remember in the book of Genesis, God said that He was going to judge the Amorites because of their iniquity and drive them out of the land of Canaan and give the land to the descendants of Abraham. And now what God is saying here is, you're just like the Hittites and the Amorites that I drove out of this land. You're no better than them. You're just like them. Not only that, verse 46, your elder sister is Samaria who dwells with her daughters to the north of you, and your younger sister, who dwells to the south of you, is Sodom and her daughters. You did not walk in their ways nor act according to their abominations, but as if that were too little, you became more corrupt than they in all your ways. Now, Samaria was the capital of the northern kingdom, 
of, of Israel. It was a center of idolatry. And the people in Jerusalem, they looked down upon the Samaritans. Those people are corrupt in the minds of the people of Jerusalem and Jerusalem. Same with the people of Sodom. They look down upon the people of Sodom. And what does God say here in verse 47? He he says, you're more corrupt than they are. You're, You're worse than the Samaritans or the Sodomites. He goes on. Verse 48. As I live, says the Lord God, neither your sister Sodom nor her daughters have done as you and your daughters have done. Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, fullness of food, an abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Now, when we we think of Sodom, uh, we think of the story in Genesis, and we think that Sodom's sin was homosexuality, which it was. But that wasn't their only sin. They also had pride. Uh, They also had idleness. They also didn't care for the poor and the needy. They had other sins too. And they were haughty. They committed abomination before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. I judged Sodom for their sin. In Jerusalem, you're worse than Sodom. It's only fair, it's only right that I would judge you. You know, there's a, there's a great old book by uh, uh, Leonard Ravenhill. And the title is Sodom Didn't Have a Bible. You know, and it's the whole idea that we have a Bible. And we've got Christian radio, and we've got Christian TV, and we've got the internet, and we, we have all of, you know, we've got God's Word available to us 10,000 different ways. God judged Sodom, and they didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a single Bible, they didn't have a single prophet, and God still judged them. It's kind of what he's saying to Jerusalem here. You know, you think about Jerusalem and the people of Israel over in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 9, verse 4, he, he says, uh, you know, who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, the promises. All of that was given to Israel. They, they, had, they had the oracles of God. They had the word of God. They had the prophets. The covenants were made with them. They were given the law. They had the temple. They had all of these promises made. to. They had all of that. God revealed himself to them. And they turned out worse than Sodom. And if God judged Sodom, well, then it only makes sense that he would judge Jerusalem. Verse 51, Samaria did not commit half your sins but you have multiplied your abominations more than they and have justified your sisters by all the abominations which you have done. You who judged your sisters. See, they were were judgmental of Samaria and Sodom. They saw themselves as superior to them. You know, having having kind of the, the moral high ground against these other two cities. You who judged your sisters bear your own shame also because the sins which you committed were more abominable than theirs. They are more righteous than you. Yes, be disgraced also and bear your own shame because you justified your sisters. And when I bring back their captives, the captives of Sodom and her daughters and the captives of Samaria and her daughters, then I will also bring back the captives of your captivity among them. What he's saying is you're... 
you know, you're no better than Sodom. You're no better than Samaria. Don't see yourself as spiritually superior. You're worse than they are. That you may bear your own shame and be disgraced by all that you did when you comforted them. When your sister Sodom and her daughters returned to their former state and Samaria and her daughters returned to their former state, then you and your daughters will return to your former state. For your sister Sodom was not a byword in your mouth in the days of your pride. Before your wickedness was uncovered, it was like the time of the reproach of the daughters of Syria and all those around her and of the daughters of the Philistines who despise you everywhere. You have paid for your lewdness and your abomination, says the Lord. For thus says the Lord God, I will deal with you as you have done, who despise the oath by breaking the covenant. Verse 60. Nevertheless, there's hope with that. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you in the days of your youth. And I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking my covenant with you. When I took you as my wife in the desert in Sinai, I'm not breaking that covenant. In fact, I'm going to establish a new covenant with you, an everlasting covenant with you. This is looking ahead to the new covenant. And when he does that, this new covenant that he's going to establish through the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your older and your younger sisters, for I will give them to you for daughters not because of my covenant with you, and I will establish my covenant with you, then you shall know that I am the Lord, that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your shame, when I provide you an atonement for all you have done, says the Lord God. So, so here, the Lord, at the end of this, he, he, he says, even though Jerusalem has been unfaithful, even though... Jerusalem has committed adultery, spiritually speaking. God's not going to forsake them. He's not going to turn his back on them. He's, he, he's, he's saying, I, I'm going to keep the, the pledges and promises that I made to you. Even though you haven't kept the pledges and promises that you made to me. And even though you've broken the covenant, I'm not going to break the covenant. And I'm going to keep my promises and not only that, I'm going to establish a new covenant with you. A better covenant. An everlasting covenant. And, it, and when I establish that new covenant with you, He says, I will provide you an atonement for all you've done. Part of that new covenant is going to include atonement for all their sins. The new covenant is in Jesus Christ who died on the cross to atone for all of our sins. It's a better covenant, an everlasting covenant with better promises. Because now with this new covenant, God removes all of the sin, all of the wrong, and He makes all things new. And it's an everlasting covenant. 
that he makes. He asked me how I know, and I say, brings truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as he teaches verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet of God, and though he was faced with the difficult job of speaking hard truths, he also spoke of great hope. Even though the Israelites were constantly disobeying God, God was still faithful to them and offered a way of restoration. This is what Ezekiel so boldly proclaimed, and this is what God also offers to you. If you'd like to learn more about Ring of Truth, we encourage you to visit our website at calvaryec.com. You'll also find information about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We have a heart for spreading the gospel message to all we come in contact with, and all are welcome to come and worship with us at our location in Columbia, Maryland. If you're ever in the area on a Sunday morning, we'd love for you to join us for a time of worship and Bible study. We'll study God's Word together and strengthen each other through prayer and fellowship. Come by and meet Pastor Dan and all of us here at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. For service times and location information, visit calvaryec.com or give us a call at 410-491-4592. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. That's all we have time for today, but be sure to join Pastor Dan as he shares more from the book of Ezekiel on the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize